0: Welcome to the Bubblehead Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm with my co-host, Robert. How are you doing today, Robert?
1: I'm doing good. Uh, you know, we just got back from a little bit of a vacation, so uh,
0: ready to jump back into some uh, fantasy football here. Perfect, yeah. And what a day to do it, right? Uh, we're shooting just prior to the Hall of Fame game here, so quote-unquote real football, Robert, is about to happen. Uh I don't know how real it is, but uh, how many series do you expect to actually be interested in watching tonight? Uh I would say maybe two. Yeah, I'm uh, gonna place the over under at three and a half.
1: Yeah, I, I would say maybe two because I mean it just depends. Like if they play Trevor Lawrence and I don't, you know, like if, hey, they, if the starters yeah.
0: play, I mean, you know, we'll see, we'll see. You know, I'll be watching. You know, if there's football <laughs> happening in early August, I have to watch something, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited. Um, uh, before we dive into our content today, uh, why don't we just, you know, let the good people know where we can find us, uh, on social media, please, you know, follow us, you know, DM us, your messages, whatever it is. You can find me at E R I K Eric underscore bubblehead on Twitter. Where can the people find you there, Robert? Yeah. You find me at BBH, Robert. Uh, and you know,
1: um, you know, we love to hear you guys' comments on there and, um, yeah, appreciate your,
0: your support there. Yeah. Yeah, so today, what are we covering today, Robert?
1: So today we're doing uh, Debbie wide Receiver Rankings, so we're going to be using my rankings for this, um, you know, so I, I think me and you kind of have a different perspective a little bit on, you know, how we kind of rank people, especially running back and wide receiver. Uh, you know, as we saw in running backs yesterday, uh, you, would, you you kind of gave a lot of more to the potential. Um, For me, I kind of want you to show it first before I put you in like a super high tier. Um, That doesn't mean though that you're like, you know, not somebody I'm going to draft above another guy, but that just means that, you know, I don't necessarily think that you are in that tier yet until you kind of show it. Um, So you'll kind of see that, I think, in today's rankings, a little bit of how kind of how we differ on on that. Um, And uh, yeah, uh, you ready to jump in?
0: Yeah, I'm pumped. And just before we actually talk some Debbie wide receivers, why don't we just talk a little bit of the NFL news that's happened? Uh, you know, it, it's that time of the year where, you know, you're getting hold ins, hold ins now, Robert, right? We have the new CBA, so you can't hold out anymore. It's effectively impossible. So we got these players, they're holding in and, you know, it's working for them. we got some bunch of new contracts. Uh, what are what are these contracts? You know, what does it mean to you? In terms of fantasy football, yeah. So, I mean, Deontay Johnson's uh
1: contract extension, I think it's probably bad news for Chase Claypool, honestly. Um, I think more than any of them, uh, because George Pickens is kind of showing uh flashes. And I think Chase Claypool, yeah, he flashed his rookie year, but unless he has a big year this year, I don't think he's going to get extended. Um, you know, it, Pittsburgh has this thing where they you know they always pump out wide receivers, they're so good at drafting them. And, I mean, it looks like it's going to continue with George Pickens. I mean, that's another thing, right? With training camp, like, he has been a big, big riser in training camp from what I've heard.
0: Yeah, you're totally right about Pittsburgh. They just cycle these wide receivers in and out. And, you know, Claypool, right? When Claypool came out, Notre Dame wide receiver really didn't do much. A lot of people in the dynasty community had no love for Claypool. And then all of a sudden he's just making noise almost right away. And we're sitting there like, huh? Second round wide receiver by Pittsburgh, and we didn't think it'd be good. You know, you know, it's like, what we, what were we thinking? And uh, Pickens, to me, he's one of the most talented wide receivers in this class. He just had the bad injury that really derailed him. Honestly, I thought he would be a 2023 uh, draft player, but still got good capital, landed a good spot. And I'm with you. I think he was drafted to replace Claypool. Uh, They, you know, gave the two-year extension. It's not a long extension, but still two more years locked up. Um, So Johnson's going to be there. And I think what you're looking at is is Johnson and Pickens, you know, is the the next two. Yeah. um,
1: And then I think the other, you know, big ones were uh, Julio Jones signing in Tampa. Uh, I don't have much interest there. I I mean, I have interest, but I don't have interest. I don't know what I'm going to get out of Julio, so I'm not willing to pay a lot to get him. Um, but, I mean, if he's already on your roster, you know, you're know, you pretty ecstatic about this news because it could, it could be really beneficial. Uh, but it does hurt Russell Gage's stock, and I think it's quite a lot, actually. I, th- I think Russell Gage is uh, the big loser here.
0: Yeah, you say it's big news. I think it's the big noise. It's not news. It's just a bunch of noise. Um, Julio, he hasn't played since 2019 like the way we think of Julio Jones. He's got chronic soft tissue injuries. He's on the wrong side of 30. If he does anything this year, I'd be shocked. You know, if you hold on to him, sell him now. Because Julio has some value in Dynasty right now. You know, a month ago, what could you get? Nothing. Literally nothing. Right now, you could at least get a third. You could maybe even get a second. Uh, I want nothing to do with Julio, uh, even yeah. if I win now. I don't believe in it. I think it's a, I think this is just – this is the same thing when Marvin Harrison signed with uh, New England, you know, 10 years ago, whatever. He's done. He's done. You know, if I'm wrong, hey, good for you, Julio. I mean, you're a Hall of Fame wide receiver, Hall of Fame, you know, fantasy wide receiver. So – I'm going to be shocked, but I'm putting it at like, you know, 20% chance that he does anything worth this year.
1: Yeah, Especially I agree with you. in a
0: lineup league, right? If we're in a lineup league, how are you going to have any faith in Julio? Like, unless he comes out of the gates just killing it, how are you going to have any faith? Well, well people are hoping for,
1: you know, an Antonio Brown situation because Antonio Brown was actually very good when he played last year um, for, you know, the Bucks. I just don't know if he's got it. I just don't know if he has it still, you know, and that's, yeah, I think it. that's my thing. I don't know. I just don't know if he has it still.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've seen two years where he hasn't had it. The problem with Antonio Brown wasn't, does he have it, you know, in terms of his play on the field is, you know, is he cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs? <laughs> yeah. That was the question on, on AB. I mean, the, his talent, and his performance was never in question. Um, it was just, you know, burning his feet on the, you know, the cryo-freezer thing and and the air bloom, and, you know, it was the, yeah. Uh, A.B. was phenomenal in his time in Tampa Bay, you know, production-wise, but he never showed the signs of decline for a long period that Julio has. So for me, I don't want anything to do with Julio.
1: Yeah, I mean, like if Antonio Brown signed, like I know he's not going to sign anywhere this year because he's crazy, but like if Antonio Brown signed, like he's like legitimately like a wide receiver two or three, no matter where he signs. Like, yeah, he's that talented. Like, and he's not gonna
0: lie in a couple leagues, I've picked him up just because it's like he's that good. I really think AB could still play at like a borderline Pro Bowl level. He's that good. It's just he's. I don't know what it was. I think it was Levante's Burfitt hit back, like uh, what was it, four years ago? His last game in uh, like, Pittsburgh. He like just got absolutely annihilated ahead, in the yeah. head, and ever yeah. since then, he's just been weird. You know, he's doing all this crazy stuff.
1: Yeah. Anyways, um, enough
0: of old, you know, two thousand and teens wide <laughs> receivers. Let's uh, talk about these young bloods, right? Terry McLeod. Well, so let's, let's Samu, get into the TK Dolphins. Also got. Got some uh, deals. Are you back in on them? Uh, well, who did? Yeah, who did you
1: say? Sorry, kind of cut you off there.
0: Yeah, that's fine. So Terry, Terry McLaurin, Gary Terry, DK the Freak, and uh, and Debo the running back, cyborg wide receiver. They all got their deals. They got paid. What's going on? Are you are you back in on these players? As star dynasty wide receivers?
1: Well, so I I'm questioning. Uh, Debo Samuel not and and I, I say that I'm questioning him it's not because I think he's not talented it's because I don't know if he can produce the same amount of touchdowns that he produced last year um I I think people are kind of valuing him a little bit too high still um one I don't believe in Trey Lance I think I've said that a lot um I don't he I don't think Trey Lance has shown me anything to for me to say that he's going to be able to kind of uh, write the ship there long term and um, for uh, Debo, you know, I wonder if Brandon Ayuk kind of is able to make that next step and take a lot of those targets away. Still, um, so you know, I'm not terribly interested um, in Debo. I, I mean, I'm I'm interested, but not at the cost that he has right now. And then, scary Terry. I love the signing. I don't love the quarterback situation. Um, but I, I almost have this feeling like they're gonna uh rectify that in the draft next year um I think it's a good quarterback class for them to rectify that and then um you know DK Metcalf same thing I I know for a fact they're going to rectify the quarterback situation in next year's draft
0: yeah yeah I mean I'm kind of lukewarm with all of them personally I love Terry and I've been on him ever since his rookie year I was so impressed you know, what he's done without any QB. But I will say Carson Wentz is best QB he's ever played with. The issue is, is Logan Thomas is back. He's back healthy, right? Just a guy that had a very good season in 2020 before his injury last year. And then they got this other guy, Jahan Dotson, who's a first-round very good wide receiver in his own. So I'm a little worried about, hey, how much volume is Terry going to get? I think Terry's a little worried. personally. Debo, the hate – I'm curious what happens with this new deal. You know, does he get way back up to, you know, wide receiver four, wide receiver three maybe in Dynasty? I don't know. Uh, but he's fallen a little bit. Uh, and my clapback back on Deboe is always he was wide receiver two before he started becoming a running back. He was more productive in fantasy as a receiver prior to them shifting to the heavy running back usage. But I'm with you. I'm worried about Trey Lance. I'm not confident. And not only is Brandon Ayu a talented first round pick that is lighting up training camp right now, obviously they have the superstar uh, Kyle Pitts. So I'm worried about Devo just more because of the QB than the player. And then DK, yeah. same situation superstar player, <coughs> super young guy, worried about the QB. Uh, I think volume is, you know, going to keep him as a wide receiver too this year. But yeah. I mean, what, what more to say there? Yeah. So uh,
1: a couple other things that we want to talk about today too, are the dolphins tampering. Um, so initially I thought that was a, that was them getting caught with the tank. That was, but that was not the case. No. Um, basically they, you know, they found that they had been tampering with uh, coaches and players for, uh, I think the, the earliest one was 2019, I think.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, yeah, they lost first round pick. They lost a third round draft pick. I don't think it's really that serious though. I mean, yeah, it sucks losing those picks, but they already had enough draft capital to kind of um alleviate this issue. So it's a big issue, but it's not like but they have enough to replace it kind of thing, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's really interesting to me that Brian Flores his accusations basically were trash barrel. Uh, I'm curious to see if there's anything more that happens there. Uh, I believe he's trying to appeal it or you know do something to to continue his claim. But in the meantime, he's focused on making the Pittsburgh Steelers the best football they can be. So, yeah.
1: well, I mean, it's they said he was right. They said he like got asked if uh, he they that hit that Stephen Ross uh, came up to him and you know talked to him about uh, tanking, but they had, that he had missed and misinterpreted um, interpreted what Ross had said. Um that was kind of the, the the takeaway there that I got from it. Um I thought that was an interesting little oh well oh they didn't take I promise.
0: <laughs> yeah you say interesting. I I say insulting. You know not only are we saying he can't coach with a lick, now we're gonna say you can't even speak English. Like you know what are we yeah. doing? This <laughs> I'm a Brian Flores truther. I think he's a fantastic coach, and I love his intensity. You know, he's good at New England. He did a great job with a shit freaking roster in Miami. And I think he's going to help Mike Tomlin, you know, turn the page on the uh, Big Ben era. Yeah. So last
1: bit of big news was Deshaun Watson's six-game suspension. Uh, The NFL has appealed it. And, um, you know, what's your thoughts there?
0: Well, the saga lives on, you know, it's, it's almost like the NFL is the perfect, like, uh, media organization. They know, I mean, like, look at the other sports. They have a, a schedule release day in the middle of their offseason, and, and it generates content at ESPN for an entire week. And we talk about it, and write, people write articles, and, you know, you and I talk about it, right? I wonder if this is just another piece of their media genius. Like, let's just drag it on, drag it on until, oh, this Hall of Fame game. Oh, there's actual real games happening. Oh, we all know that he was going to be suspended for part of the year. And now the question is, hey, is it part? Is it all? Is it most? Is it, you know? Yeah. I I don't think anybody knows what's going on. Yeah. It's like, come on, throw a stick in the air and where it lands that, you know, point in that direction. That's where we're going to go. Who knows? Yeah. You know? We know for a fact he will be suspended. That it, is about a, it. If you're looking at a minimum of <laughs> six. And I think, I, I think that we're probably more in the eight to 12 category now, you know, if they're going to appeal it, I think we're in the eight to 12, you know, maybe they come out and say, Oh, it's a year. And then he appeals that and they bring it down to the eight to 12. Ah. But again, like, yeah. are we really going to keep speculating? Who knows? Like, you know, I'm not Adam Scheffner. I don't, I don't have the commissioner on speed dial. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. All right. Well, you ready to jump into
1: some Debbie wide receivers? Yeah.
0: Now that we talked about that gross pay for play league. Oh, wait. That's right. It's something that's pay for play too now. But let's talk about the real great football in America. Let's talk about college football, Debbie wide receivers.
1: Yeah, so I think tier one. I, I don't even think there's a question he's in tier one. Um, I, it's Jackson Smith Nagib uh, from Ohio State, right? And I probably butchered that name, uh, but you know Jackson Smith. He's a great player. He's probably the best receiver. Um, I, honestly, he'd probably be the best receiver from the last like two two classes if if I had to had to guess. Um, I think he got he has a legitimate top ten potential. Uh, and I you know. Depends, I guess, on how much of a run you go on uh, wide receivers and uh, or on quarterbacks and um, the top-level defensive talent, right? This is a, an amazing draft, both on the offensive side of the ball and defensive side of the ball. So the only question of where he goes is, you know, with the quality of everybody else. Um, this isn't going to be like 2022 draft where, you know, we're saying like, oh, well, uh, I you know, because I don't think any of the guys that got drafted in 2022 were really that – were really top 10 talent, but they got drafted in the top 10 because the the first-round draft talent was just not there um, comparatively to past years, right? So, um, but yeah, I think this is the bona fide number one.
0: Yeah, it's hard to talk up Jackson Smith and Jigba, JSN, much more than has already been done. I mean, we already thought JSM was one of the best wide receivers in the country. And then the Rose Bowl happened. Yeah. And he broke every record you could for the Rose Bowl as a wide receiver. It was stupid. He had, what, it was like 12 catches and 340 yards. It was insane.
1: Yeah, I mean, you just saw the future of, uh, you know, Ohio State's offense right there. Yeah. Um, so,
0: And if you're really tapped into Ohio State, you would have known this was coming because early in the year, very early in the year, right, Garrett, Garrett Wilson – my number one wide receiver 2022 class and uh, Chris Olave I believe you're number 2 right Robert you're number 2 receiver he was my number 2 yeah yeah right so these are receivers that we love obviously obviously they're both you know top of the first half draft picks um, and they both said Jack Smith and Juju is better than us and in a, in some interview early in the season and I think he proved it this year he showed it as a freshman. He had those moments where he just exploded out of the scene, and as a sophomore, he just blossomed into this amazing superstar. Um, if I'm in a Debbie startup, the question is how high am I taking Jason? I think he's number three for me. Like, honestly, you could take him number one, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't think you're stupid. He's that good. He is. I think bonafide just he's the next jamar chase he's the next justin Jefferson. he is a superstar
1: yeah i mean yeah the only person that compares with them that's on the you know that's been drafted in the last few years is you know the jamar chase as a prospect at least um and it's possible that he goes that high i, I don't know if he will but i mean you know i yeah i think he's got that kind of potential and uh
0: you uh you have anything else about jsn trade the ship, trade the ship for him, you know, just go and get him. He's that good. And, you know, in a year from now we're going to be looking at him as a top five draft pick in the NFL. He's that good.
1: Yeah. All right. So next up is uh, you know, tier two. So I have Xavier worthy, uh, Kayshawn Boutique Jordan Addison and Jermaine Burton. Uh, so for me, I was pretty close to putting Xavier worthy as my tier one with uh JSN um, I just want him to, to see it a little bit more. I, you know, he was a true freshman last year. I think he has supreme talent, but you know, I just want to see a little bit more. Um he's kind of small uh on the, you know, at least um weight-wise at 160, but you know I, I mean that's just nitpicking. You know, I, I think all four of these guys are going to be legitimate uh, first uh first half of the first round talent in most drafts. Um I wouldn't be surprised if booty Addison and Burton all go either in the tail end of the first round in this coming draft, or even maybe in the second round. Uh, And that's just me saying like, I I love this next class across the board. Um, I think booty has to answer the injury concerns uh, that he had an injury last year, you know, and how does he come back from that? I think that's a a big question there. Uh, Jordan Addison, he's coming to uh, going to USC to play for Lincoln Riley. I think that means that he's going to jump up the board and, um, yeah, he was, he was good at, at Pitt, right? But I think he's even better at USC, so. And then uh, Jermaine Burton transfers from Alabama. Uh, he was a top-tier prospect, uh, top-tier recruit, I should say, sorry. And um, I think he's going to be a legitimate asset to uh, Georgia, and I think uh, him and Donnie Mitchell are going to per- kind of form a really solid duo in, in, for Georgia. And... Um, We'll see if uh, that me what that means for for them, and I the only thing I think is a question for him is the uh, quarterback play. I don't really understand why you leave a guy like um, uh, Bryce Young, but you know maybe they'll start Brock Van de Griff at some point this year, and um, you know maybe we'll see somebody other than uh, Stetson Bennett, who I just don't I don't necessarily think he's the kind of prospect that's going to boost a wide receiver's uh, draft stock all that much.
0: Sorry, just to clarify, oh, who's leaving Price? Uh, Jermaine Burton. No, Trace no, no. Uh, you're on vacation still in your minds af- afar. Jermaine Burton is joining Bryce Young, and he's fleeing as fast as possible from sets above.
1: Okay, yeah, I got that wrong. Yeah, I got that backwards. Sorry, it's yeah. all
0: good. Robert's still <laughs> on vacation time, so you know he's probably a couple beers in. So it's all good. We're not going to hit on it. Trust me. Uh, hey, I I tend to agree with a lot of what you're saying. Um, I will say, I'm the biggest worry of mine on worthy. My worthy worry is his weight. The triple W, right? He. He's 160 pounds coming out of high school. Uh, the, the lightest player on this list is Jordan Addison at 175, right? That's a big 15 pounds. You call it nitpicking. Think of what we did to Vonta Smith, who had one of the greatest wide receiver seasons in all time in college football. What we say, always wait, always wait. That's all we talked about. Yeah. I really want to see where they put some weight on. If, if, you know, if he was 180 pounds, you know, doing what he did last year as a true freshman, he, he'd be in tier one. But he's thin. So, okay. you know, that's a knock against him. Don't get me wrong. He was amazing. This is a guy that is tough. For 170. he's tough. So I'm hoping that they have a very legitimate weight program and they can bulk him up, get him up to 170. At least get him to like 175, hopefully. Yeah. Um, he plays bigger. Um, and I think that's God, probably the big thing. That, yeah. He, I, I think I mean, he's, he's electric, he's fast, he's quick, yeah. he has great hands, but he plays tough. He's got a mean stiff arm for 160 pounder. My God. I mean, that's what I weighed as a 15 year old, you know, but he's over here dominating, you know, college football.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think that you're right though. The, the, that is a concern. Um, and, uh, yeah, so one you know, I, I think this is a, this is the tier where you want to be in, uh, you know, and I think that, uh, kind of, there's a lot to, you know, a lot to gain from this tier. You know, this is a, a group that you could see them jump into uh, the category for, you know, a top 15 pick, you know, in their draft class. So.
0: Yeah, for me, I so I got worthy in Pute, absolutely, in that, you know, sphere. Um, To be honest, if it wasn't for Pute's ankle injury, that's the weird thing about college football, right? We don't really know what's going on. They don't have the mandatory reporting rules that we have in the NFL where we get good data on players' injuries. So, like, I don't know what it was. He didn't play in the spring game. He's been nursing this injury since middle of the season in 2021. If he comes out and shows he's in the same self, Booty's back in the, uh, the JSN tier. Booty's a monster, right? You got to remember the difference of quarterback play. These two players have.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's Booty was amazing last year. You know, I'm a, I'm a big LSU fan. I, I love L Booty a lot. Um, my thing with, with him is just the injury, you know.
0: <laughs> that's like you said, I, that's the only that's concern. That's only concern. Is he healthy? Because he's a he's a big, fast, mean, competitive <laughs> I mean, he like he's he's tier. He would be tier one, but we're just bumping him down because we don't know about this injury. Hey, come on out Even if you only play like five or six games and you sit the rest of the season, just come out. Come on, Kayshawn, come out, please. I love you. You're an amazing player. Come out, crush it, show us you're healthy, and then you can you know, sit out and train for the combine. That's all we need. We know you're going to crush yeah. the combine. He's a big physical freak. If he's healthy, this is a top 10 draft pick in the NFL. Uh, you got anything else for Tier 2? Uh, yeah, just real quick, let me chat on the other two. I got them a little lower than you. So, Addison, I got to throw some shade at Addison. He's a Blanishkoff winner. He had an amazing season with Kenny Pickett. Here's my thing I think that he benefited in the numbers because he was at Pitt. He played where he was getting a lot of targets, he was played where he was in inferior competition. He's got solid size. He's what? He's like six foot, one eight, 175 was is what he came out of high school. So let me see some numbers. That's the real thing. He, he seems to have decent speed. I wonder if he's got that elite speed, right? You know, we come, we do these combines and these players, they run these 40s, they run these shuttles. You know, they're going, they blow us out of the water and they excite us. I don't think Jordan Addison is that good of an athlete. He's He's tough. Honestly, I love his contested t- catch. He makes some plays where I'm like, holy shit, are you six three six four? You know, he's he's good good at that. Solid route runner, really solid. But I wonder about the athleticism. And when you're not highly athletic, you fall in the draft. I think this is a guy that's closer to 100 in the NFL draft or 120 than they are to 50. And that's my only concern. You know, is he going to get the draft capital? His move to USC, genius. Because he lost Kenny Pickett. All of a sudden he's got another great uh quarterback to throw to him and he should have a very good year. I mean, USC's gonna be more talented than what eight, nine teams they play this year at least. You know, six of those much more talented. Um and Burton, Burton is is Jameson Williams. He's not he doesn't have that elite crazy speed, but he's a super talented recruit that just didn't really do too much after old school. Uh, the difference was that Jameson was because, you know, there were amazing prospects ahead of him. Burton, you know, they're Georgia. Like, they, they, they run the ball. They play defense, you know. Like, they're not going to have a great passing game. So, Burton could – Burton not could. Burton should be wide receiver one in Alabama with the returning Heisman QB. So, honestly. Yeah, I think it's a
1: projection. Here's Burton. my
0: hot take. Jermaine Burton gets drafted ahead of Jordan Addison. That's my hot take today. Boom.
1: Yeah, I I would believe that.
0: Better I athlete. Think I think Burton's going to go mid second, and I think we're going to see Jordan Addison mid to mid third. To yeah, mid third. I think that's where I see him. Somewhere in the third.
1: I don't know about that hot that low, but I mean, yeah, we'll see. It's a tough draft class this year coming here. So. All right for tier three, so. You know, a lot of these guys, so Marvin Mims, Oklahoma, you know, I think he he reminds me a little bit of a, you know, slightly bigger Hollywood, maybe a little bit uh, slower. Um, I My big question for him is what happens now that Lincoln Riley is gone? Uh, Lincoln Riley has produced numerous, numerous, numerous uh, NFL talent at wide receiver and quarterback. That's that's what he's known for, right? Now that he's left, I I don't know what what's what to think about Marvin Mims. Um what about you? What do you think about, you know, this list? What do you think about Marvin Mims?
0: You're on mute. Yeah, let's talk Marvin Mims. Marvin Mims was he was dynamic with Cale Booms. He really had some great moments last year. And he flashed legit, like, you know, you know, I I I'm raising my eyebrows, talent. Um, uh, because, you know, like you said, they've had a good stretch of Oklahoma wide receivers. And I was kind of dubious about Mims uh heading into last year, but he proved it last year. He's he could be really good. The question is quarterback just like you said can dylan gabriel be good enough not even good enough can he be healthy enough that's the issue with gabriel gabriel's talented very talented he's just had all these injuries that have put him on the sideline if he can stay healthy i could see marvin mims lighting up the big 12 and being a top three you know being a second round or a second day pick in the nfl draft Yeah, we're
1: we're talking about a new coach, too. So, you know, who knows what happens there in terms of, you know,
0: what does that offense even look like? I mean, yeah, you got Venables coming in. He's probably going to be much more of a ground and pound. Let's play hard defense. But I think he's a smart enough coach to realize, hey, this is my best pass catching weapon. I have a good pass catcher. Let me funnel some passing to him. I, I would not be surprised if Dylan Gabriel leads the big 12 in passing. I think you'll be surprised with Oklahoma's offense. I think Venables is going to give the OC the, um, the reins. So another hot take, I guess it's hot take night. I get, you know, hall of fame game equals hot take night. Uh, that's my other hot take.
1: Uh, what about Josh Downs? Do you have any thoughts about him? Uh, you have him, Do you like him?
0: I got to be frank. I hate Josh Downs in terms of NFL prospect. If we're talking C2C, I think he's going to be a very good producer for your college team. And if I was in a C2C league and I had Josh Downs, which I don't because I don't believe in his NFL potential, I would be trading him right before the, you know, pre-NFL season, before the Senior Bowl, before the Combine, right? Before we see him compared to the national people. Because, you know, we'll probably get into it a little more as we go deeper onto this list. I am starting to abandon the do not scout the helmet mentality. UNC isn't producing wide receivers. They're good wide receivers they've had have been terrible. And I watch josh downs he's a slot wide receiver who doesn't like know how to beat zone coverage right if i want to have a slot receiver they better be a master of identifying and then defeating zone coverage i see a guy that just runs his route he doesn't right he's getting slot or uh, zone coverage and he's not even like thinking he's not looking around oh let me break the route off maybe do this yeah i mean i, I think
1: you're you're right at the same but at the same time i think you he also was not on a great team, uh, and I think that part partially was was the reason there. Um, now, for for Downs, I, I think he's still a solid pick because I think he's still going to be you know a second or third round pick in the NFL. Um, I think all these guys are at least second round picks. And third round picks, but I think, but like, you know, you think about like Luther Burden and CJ Williams here that are on this list, you know, they, they obviously have potential to go way higher than that. They both have potential to be tier one, you know, but you know, I haven't seen anything from them. They're, They're freshmen. Um, and, and, you know, we talked about it for running backs. What do I look like, look for in terms of, you know, uh, freshman incoming freshman at wide receiver. I want you to be a certain size, right? I I, I want guys that are going to be, you know, at least six foot, um, you know, right around at least 180, 190 coming into the to college. And um, you know, if if you meet those two metrics and you and you look like somebody that's you know able to to run, then I'm interested. You know, that's a that's a solid prospect at wide receiver. You know, once you get a little bit shorter, that's when it comes to you're you're kind of in that tier where, well, You might be a really good NFL or high school player, um, but your size—maybe does it translate to college? Does it translate to the NFL? You know, who knows? Um, I I think with um, this entire list, though, you know, I think it's all—it's a lot of guys that are the 2023 guys. I think those are guys that you know what they can bring. The 2024, I think all those guys are guys that are going to be you know increase in value. I think both all of them could be 20, tier 2 guys next year. Um Ja'hori Brooks, he, I think he's going to take a big role in in Alabama this coming year and then uh Amecha I think he's going to be the number 2 to to Jason next year, so and then Quentin Johnson had a good fresh a very good freshman year as well, so
0: Yeah, you know, and I'll stick on Josh Downs real quick. I agree with you. I'm looking at size and athleticism, and that's one of my big concerns with Josh Downs. 5'10, 163 coming out of high school. Small dude. Small dude. Small, you know, not a great school, not a great conference, and he doesn't light it up on the tape. That's why I'm worried. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But you want to, you know, in comparison on the 23 guy, right? Marvin Mims, he's six foot one seventy-three. still a little slender, but six foot. Right. And this was coming out of high school. So hopefully, and this is this is important to talk about, right? We're taking these numbers, at least I am from 24-7 sports, right? These are high school numbers. So you know, when I see six foot one seventy Marvin Mims, it's fair reasonable for him to bump up to 185. Yeah, you know, a six foot 185 pound wide receiver. That's that's a good size receiver. I mean, he's not big. He's not like Evans, but that's a solid wide receiver. We're not worried about him being small, especially because Mims has he's got good speed and agility. Um, yeah, Downs is the lowest on this.
1: I know he's number two on the you know the screen, but I, but he's number two on the list for me, or you know he's uh, the last one on the list in terms of tier three. I think he's borderline tier three, tier four. Um, you know, and. I just I think that him and Mims though are in the, in the same category, and they both need to have big seasons in order to
0: stay in this tier. For me, for those two, it's more about what did they test. Let's see their size, weight, speed, scores at the combine. That's that's honestly what it is for me because they both produce. they both shown that they can you know play, you know, yeah. but let's see the athleticism, let's see the numbers to prove that you have the NFL, you know, that's how you translate. But yeah, I mean, you have big 12 ACC. It's, we're not talking SEC. We're not talking big 10. You know, it's it's almost like you've got the power two and the group of uh, group of eight now, you know.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I get that. Um, what do you got about the rest of these guys?
0: Well, yeah. So Quentin Johnson, I love the guy. He's a – wow. I mean, talk about talented, super riser. He, he's a special player. You want size? I mean, he's a huge dude. He's what? He's 6'4", 180, coming on out of high school. I mean, this is a guy that could potentially build into a Mike Evans type of body. He's, he's a monster. He's, and uh, I expect him to be fantastic in the Big 12. What I wonder is, is he a three-year you know t- declaration to the NFL draft? I wonder if it's better for him to stay a fourth year, go to the senior bowl, improve himself of, of, against that legit competition, because that's going to be the big question for him. he He reminds me of Jalen Tolbert almost a little bit, you know, this big, super talented wide receiver, but you're like, yeah, but who do you play against? And why did Tolbert get third round draft cap? Well, obviously right south i TCU. They're not the same. They're not, but he went, to senior, he went to the Senior Bowl and played well. And he showed, hey, I'm legit. That's kind of what I want to see from Quentin Johnson. You know, whether it's a couple of games where he's playing against like legit, you know, top 50, you know, cornerbacks in the NFL, uh, you know, and, and lighten them up. Or maybe he stays another year and goes to the uh, goes to Senior Bowl and shows. That's what I want to see with what Johnson. But I like him a lot. The other ones were all projection, right? And Book and Brooks were both, superstar what i think they were number two and three or one and two maybe coming out of that draft class at high school superstars and then burden he's the number one and i think williams uh cj williams so he's a usc just a little typo there he's uh, gonna be with caleb williams and then polite uh malachi nelson um right those are the good these are four superstar recruits and they're all at really good schools um we talked about in the, in the running back episode. You know, when you go to Alabama and when you go to Ohio State, it doesn't matter necessarily how good of a recruit you are because there's guys coming in behind you. And if you don't produce, you know, you're gone. Um, yeah. I will push back a little bit. I'm going to give Marvin Harrison Jr. the number two spot at wide receiver on the Ohio State uh, team this year. But Mbuka has the talent to, to beat him out. I will say that.
1: Yeah, I'm not a big uh, Harrison fan, <laughs> but we'll, we'll touch into that here. Be careful! Be
0: careful! The uh, the Devi <laughs> gods will smite you down, for saying that. Yeah, I, I just
1: think that a lot of people are looking at the name.
0: Uh, yeah, you're, I, there's there's real value in the name, just like we talked about Arch Manning. You know, um, yeah. people catch on to that name and they hold on to it, and whether it's smart or not, you know, it's real. There's value in the name.
1: Yeah. Do you have anything else about these tier three guys? Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we had a typo for the, uh, C.J. Williams, you know, it's for the USC Lincoln Riley. I think that's where his value comes mostly is from, from USC, right? So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That Caleb Williams and, and Lincoln Riley connection is fruitful.
1: Yeah.
0: So for tier four, we have Adam Randall. Um,
1: so the big news with Adam Randall is that tore his ACL in spring, so we're not sure he's going to play his freshman year. Uh I don't I don't know exactly when he's supposed to be back. It, I didn't get a, a specific date online from that. Um and you know, I, you know, I, they have no reporting requirements. So we don't know if it's like, you know, 2 year 2 months away, 3 months away kind of thing. Um but either way, you know, he's a he showed out in the spring and he had glowing reviews from the coaching staff. Uh, so that's that's interesting to me. You know, I think he pairs with um uh, Cade Clubnik, uh, uh, long term there. So,
0: yeah, I mean, how tough is that when Clemson's trying to turn around their program? Right, you know, they had been on this high for so long, and they really had a clunker last year. I mean, you see, I say clunker, but I I believe they still finished top twenty five. Um, but it wasn't a good year, uh, and a big part was wide receiver play. And they get two very talented freshman wide receivers coming in, and and Randall. Had, Really been showing out, goes down with the knee. Man, that's brutal, brutal. So, I think freshman year is lost. Basically, for me, I'm saying, you know, he's either going to be a two year player, you know, he plays a sophomore and junior year and, and goes to draft. More likely, you know, he's going to be coming out in the 26th draft class, which, you know, that's not that's not a bad necessarily. He's talented and if he recovers fully, he should still be a good player.
1: Yeah. So then we have a couple other
0: guys here for
1: uh, Raheem Jarrett, Say Flowers, both, uh, and then Parker Washington. Um, you know, so the one, I kind of wanted to lump all these three these guys in as the same category, right? I think uh, for Parker Washington, it's it's size. Um, you know, I I just don't know if he's gonna uh, be big enough. To get drafted high, you know, same thing. Zay Flowers is kind of a, a, uh, it kind of reminds me. He's a little bit. He's five. So I listed as five eleven. I don't know if he's actually, uh, on the you know, the high end of that or low end of that. But he just doesn't look like he plays that tall to me. Um, and you know, Raheem Jarrett, he's uh, he looks like a solid outside receiver to me. It doesn't look like he's gonna be great. Um. But I think all three of these guys, they have the potential to jump up a little bit in terms of uh, the production capability. You know, Parker Washington, I think he's going to be in that same position where, like, you know, Jahan Dotson was. Uh, maybe he gets into the, you know, can trickle into the first round and, and make a make a name for himself that way. Um, and then, uh, you know, I'm not a huge fan of, of Rakeem Jarrett and Say Flowers, but, you know, I think uh, both of these guys are uh, – our potential NFL draft picks at like third or fourth round. So, um, and then a T bear, a T Perry, uh you know, I, my thing with a T Perry is, you know, he plays at wake forest, but he looks like a NFL superstar.
0: What do you think? Well, so uh, I like this uh, this grouping of these four 2023 wide receivers. I I, I, I do. So you got the lower tier guys, uh, Flowers and Perry, and then you have the two higher tier. When I say tier, I'm talking about what we projected coming out of high school. Uh, Jarrett Washington, right? So I mean, Raheem Jarrett, Maryland wide receiver, was you know highly, highly recruited, highly rated. Um, him being at Maryland is my biggest knock on him, similar to <laughs> Perry and, and flowers, you know, where they're at. That's my biggest knock. Yeah. But to me, right. Jarrett is a long, tall with good weight. Like so I, he's not thin. So he's just a long, tall receiver with speed and agility. My issue with him is he's inconsistent. He shows inconsistent effort. And he shows inconsistent concentration as a catcher. He'll go and drop a ball where it's just like, it's like, bro, I could, I could have caught that. Like that was, it was right there. And really like, sure. The the defender was there, but like, they weren't on you. And then there are other plays where he just makes an amazing catch. So that worries me a little bit, you know, it's like, Hey, what's going on? Why are you making such, you know, why are you so hot and cold there? But he's talented. Uh, He really is. Um, To me, Jarrett is the player that potentially could become the late riser in the draft process and go from a third-round pick to a high second. Probably not a first-round pick material. Parker, you say that you worry about the size, but he's honestly probably very similar size to to his former teammate, Johan Dotson. He uh, coming out was 5'10", 201. Now, we can, like we said, we can't really trust these numbers until they're verified. But Dotson's official combine measurements was 5'11", 178. So they're probably actually pretty darn close in size. Uh, the question is, can he make that elevation to Dotson? Because Dotson was phenomenal with, for them last year. Yeah. Uh, I think Parker is an interesting riser you know right now i'm seeing him as a early day 3 pick but with a great year he could he could challenge for top 50 you know and then a fell draft next year if he has a great year um, yeah
1: these are these are all potential risers for me you know i think i think with parker you know i, I think he you can compare him to dotson right and that and that's my comparison for him and, and i think that's where he needs to make his name Uh, is like have a similar year to Dotson. Um, And I had, you know, I had another typo here with uh, Jakeem Jared for Maryland. So uh, sorry about that. But, um, you know, let's, you know, I I think with all these guys, like, let's see what happens. See what happens. Uh, I think this is the potential rising tier. So.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Let's see what happens, right? We're on tier four, right? And and we did, we talked about that with the running backs. Like as we lower in tiers, it's like, all right, let's kind of adjust. Let's adjust our expectations here. Uh, The lower you get, the more risky we're getting because it's very possible any of these four 2020 receivers could be completely useless. But it's also very realistic that they could become the Sky Moore, John Dodson, maybe George Pickens. I'm looking at you, Raheem Jarrett, superstar high school recruit. Jay Flowers, or Zay Flowers, excuse me, he's he's the lowest rated recruit in his class out of anyone on this list. I'm almost guaranteeing it. He's somewhere in the 1200s nationally. Uh, but he's shown a connection in BC um, that's been very, very good. And, you know, it's not crazy to think that he could elevate, you know. He might, he'd probably be a third, Round pick at, at highest is my guess, um, but right we talk on C two C. I mean he he should have a great year, and then Perry especially we're talking C two C. Perry could be the number one freaking wide receiver <laughs> this year in, uh in college football, uh, in terms of fantasy football points because we know that Wake Forest jacks the ball like crazy. Yeah, uh, what do you do? You have anything else
1: about tier four? You want to jump on to tier five here?
0: Yeah, let's keep it moving.
1: All right, so Tier 5, a uh, couple recruits and then a couple other guys that I think are going to be big producers uh, in college this year and guys that I don't necessarily think are going to be are great NFL prospects at their current uh, production or current uh, level that I have. So, you know, those two I'm talking about there is Marvin Harrison Jr. and Cedric Tillman. Cedric Tillman, you a know, phenomenal year with Tennessee last year. You know, Tennessee, I think they're kind of one of the big uh, rising uh, I mean not rising programs, but rising offenses. Uh, this past year was a real was a, uh, a big improvement for them. Um, now you know he's 6'3", uh, 205 is listed. So I, I think he has the potential to be a solid outside receiver at the NFL and a solid uh, prospect at that at the level. And uh, and he'll go to that Senior Bowl and we'll get a a big actual like. What does he do? What does he do at that level? Uh, and then Marvin Harrison, you know, name value alone puts him in the, in, a, in, a, in any rankings, I feel like. Um, and, you know, he's playing for Ohio State. I think he's going to be the number two or number three receiver there. So that should get him drafted in the first few rounds at least. And uh, But I think he's going to be overshadowed by the other two guys in front of him.
0: Is it, is it my turn? Because I'm ready to come after you about Marvin Harrison, Jr. You're you you're lucky, Robert, that we're doing this, you know, you over there and me over here, because I think I'd fight you. Marvin Harrison, Jr. is a star. All right. Let's just say this. He's my wide receiver five and Debbie. You got him way down here in tier five. You know, I think you're just trying to jab at me, honestly, at this point. um. Th- Yes, there is some name value that's that's driving him a little higher than he should be. I agree. He's still a projection, but he's very talented. He's got the body. He's at Ohio State. Like he has every opportunity to be a first-round wide receiver draft pick. So for me to see you put Cedric Tillman in the same tier, come on, man. I think you're just trying to make a point. I get it. Hey, point made. You're not a Marvin Harrison Jr. fan. Fair enough but shit i got to stand up for my guy fucking marvin harrison junior is better than this yeah i just,
1: i don't i don't know what you want me to say he doesn't have the stats to back it up and i just don't i don't know you're hoping that he produces this year and i, I just don't know if he will he has too many guys in front of him i think uh, obviously he's going to get drafted but to say he's like guaranteed to be the number two receiver i don't i don't know he's got a lot of guys in, fr- uh, in front of him and
0: then a mecca i think is going to make a big push so well shoot i, I hope you're right about that with the mecca making a big push because i invested heavily last year in a mecca got him you know everywhere i could um but yeah hey i think marvin harrison is going to have a very good year in 2022. And, you know, going into his junior year next year, I think we're going to be looking at him as – I think we're going to be looking at him as the next star um, at Ohio State. But um, so Tillman, I mean, Tillman to me, he's way more of a C2C player. I mean, God, it's just hard to trust a Tennessee player, you know, that's not a defensive player or offensive lineman. I mean, uh, it's –
1: but sure. you also have to think who has produced at Tennessee in the last, you know, five, ten years from the offensive side of the ball. Period. What quarterback has they have they had either? Right. So like, I just think you're you're when you're looking at Tennessee and you're saying, oh well, they, you know, I don't I don't know if he's going to be successful in the NFL. Well, I think you're kind of looking at it from like a past point of view with a bunch of coaches that are no longer coaching anywhere uh, of note and. I don't think that's a concern right now. You know, I think I think this program, at least, is uh, on, maybe not on the come up, but at least they're looking a little bit better than they were a few
0: years ago. You know, I agree with you. Tennessee is absolutely on the come up. I definitely agree with that. But my point is, is Cedric Tillman would have to be the first of a line of, you know, right. If they are in fact on the come up and they're going to like create this like new resurgence Tennessee program, because, you know, for your youngsters out there, Tennessee used to be a fantastic fucking football team. Right. Um, Anyways. Right. So if, if they're going to start producing NFL fantasy talent, Tillman would be the first and that, you know, it's hard for me to buy into, but Hey, we're tier five. So I'm not going to slam me hard on that. Um, but like, hey, what do you think about Velis Jones Jr., right? They were teammates together last year and Velis Jones was better. Maybe Vales Jones also got drafted on the third round. Yes, he did. Uh there's plenty of situations where you know that might be one of the top of the list where I would say people made bad draft picks. I I don't know. I <laughs> Ellis Jones Jr. might be getting drafted higher in the NFL than he's getting drafted in rookie drafts right now.
1: Sure, sure. I'm not trying to say, but what I'm saying more is that I I think you're looking at a guy who could sneak into the day two group here, and that's the same thing with Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison also didn't produce anything yet. Cedric uh, Tillman at least is a better producer. I, you know, with with Marvin Harrison, I think you're people are again. I think you're looking at the helmet, and I think with Marvin Harrison. Yeah, he had a good game against Utah, but that entire offense had a good game against Utah. Utah was just atrocious defensively that game, um, you know. So I, I think, I think it's with Cedric Tillman. I think with this whole tier, at least with the 2023 guys, is you're you're looking at a group that could go higher, but they're probably you know like for me at least, they're probably the lower tier recruits of the class.
0: You're right. I am looking at the helmet, and I'm looking at it pretty closely, actually. I see Tillman, and I see his Tennessee helmet, and I say, gross. Uh, and the sad thing, I look at Stuart Marshall. I look at the number two and three wide receiver recruits in the country, and I'm feeling – I'm concerned. I'm, is it gross? Is it? Because I'm thinking the same thing. Texas A&M. Like, what's the last wide receiver in Texas A&M that's done anything in the NFL? I'm pretty sure it's Mike Evans. It is. You know, (laughs) you watch SEC football more than just about anyone there is in the planet. You know, so you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Evans is the last one that's been any good in the NFL from A&M. And and, um, Jimbo's just got this offense. It's like we talked about it again, We right? Once again, I guess I just repeat myself. He doesn't believe in this new age offense. And he's getting these superstar talents. I mean, they're phenomenal. But honestly, if I'm drafting them in a Debbie or CTC league, I'm hoping they transfer, you know, go to a place where they're going to be able to really be utilized because these are phenomenal players. But probably, I would think that you gave them a ding too, bring them down to tier five, piece there at AM. Partially, and
1: then also because they're going to p- be competing with each other, right? So yeah. uh, it's hard for you to make as much of an impact unless you have, you know, LSU level offense and, you know, 20, uh, uh, what was that, 2020, 2019 uh, college football season? Twenty, It was the 2020 NFL draft that Joe Burrow came in. Yeah, it was the 19th so, season. So, yeah. yeah, it was the 19th, yeah, 19th season. So, um, yeah, I mean, unless you have that level of offense, you're not going to be supplying multiple. Uh, wide receivers at least as high level draft picks uh in most years, right? So um that's my big ding there. And um yeah. You have anything else about tier five? You want to jump into the next group? No, no, let's keep it going. Yeah, uh, so the you know the next group here is the elite talent with the red flags. Uh, And then I I made this specifically for uh, IJA Hall. Um, (laughs) I love the talent. I think he's like one of the most talented players. But the whole him, like the way he got kicked off of Alabama's team, like the whole that whole situation, like I don't know if I'm interested at all.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, we need to get our sounder game, you know, on the up and up. I I want to play one where it's just like a sad face, just crying right now. Um, last year I drafted Aj Hall super early because his talent is through the roof. You, you mentioned it, elite talent. But I didn't read into the reports enough. He bounced around from school to school in high school. He had all sorts of issues off the field. And we saw it. That's what happened. That's why he's in Texas. Hall is like – he's as talented as anyone in the freaking country. I mean, this guy's that good. But, you know, he's got shit going on in his life that's preventing him from focusing on football. I don't know what it is. It hurts my heart. You know, I guess I'm biased because, you know, I have a few shares of Ajay Hall and I want him to succeed in fantasy. But, yeah, please, Ajay, get your shit together. Get with Steve Sarkeesian. Get with Quentin Ewers. Get with Bijan Roslin. Let's make Texas great again. You know, <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't have anything else. That's he's yeah. He's one of the most talented. I just have no interest, just in from the character stuff. But uh, you want to go into your uh, your list here? Yeah, let's go. Ahead. All right. So Eric's honorable mentions. You got the floor.
0: All right. So these are the four. You know, great players that couldn't make your list no i'm just kidding you have a you have a good list other than the whole marvin harrison hate it i love your list um so malik neighbors right keishon boutique went down with this bad angle injury last year and uh freshman malik neighbors comes out and he i mean he didn't fill the void but he did his best right he he showed off quite well um as as a freshman right this is a super highly highly rated player this is a 40th ranked uh, recruit in his recruiting class but hey he showed it to me he's talented he's got decent size he's got good speed he's a playmaker so i'm interested right he's on my own mention list because malik neighbors is very gettable you could trade him for cheap go get him yeah now i'm going to butcher this name and i'm very sorry uh ticharoa mcmillan he's a arizona superstar recruit so if you're not paying attention, Arizona is changing what they're doing in football. They were—I said it last week—they were the number one team, uh, one-win team in the country in 2021. You know, I say that kind of jokingly, but honestly, they were—they were actually way better than that. But they've brought in some very good uh, talent in this recruiting class, and McMillan's a superstar. I mean, this guy—he's huge, he's huge, and he's quick. He's six foot four. He's he's 185 pounds. He's fast. He's the number five recruit in the country for a reason. Like, he's going to be good. All right, and then I got Kaden uh, Sanders. He's, right, we already talked about Penn State. We talked about it with their QB. We talked about the running back, right? They're recruiting like crazy, and Sanders is their great wide receiver. I think he's – honestly Sanders could be better than Dotson who I think is better than Park Washington like and and Penn State's had a good uh, stretch here of good wide receivers right Godwin Paul Robinson Dotson I think Park Washington is going to be you know a top 140 pick or, or something like that um, I think Sanders is going to be a good player and my last one learns the style so it's Not really scouting the helmets, more scouting the player. I think Notre Dame is kind of finally getting into this new age uh recruiting world in college football, right? Um they're they're getting better recruiting classes. Um and Styles he had a really solid freshman year. I mean, he he's a freshman last year and and in a they started to be kind of a pass-heavy offense with Jack Cohn last year. It was kind of weird. But guess who they have going this year, Tyler Bruckner? Bruckner is legit. Bruckner has like, you know, he didn't meet, uh, reach our quarterback um, episode, but I think Bruckner could like potentially be a first-round pick 2024. Right. Obviously, a lot of things got to go right there, but he's got talent. And Lorenzo Styles has talent too. So he's making my own mention list here. What do you think? I, I'm uh, sitting here pumped about my uh, my honorable mention list. And to be honest, right? They're honorable mentions. Like they aren't locks by any means, but I, I think they all deserve some love. And I'm curious what you think.
1: Yeah. So uh, Malik Neighbors, I think, is going to be a huge riser. Um, you know, he just didn't make the list for me just because I, I think, uh, in terms of the 2024 class, you know, I, I don't think he has the quarterback situation to really make a big jump this year. Yeah. Um, I, I like Garrett and, uh, Nussmeier a lot. Uh, he's the uh, – this is going to be his second year. Uh, he basically redshirted last year. But, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets the job over over there in LSU. And um, I want to see what he looks like because he's not – he wasn't like the highest-rated recruit ever by any means. And uh, I just want to see what Malik Neighbors is able to do with – uh, continuing with Koti, with Booty back, and I uh, want to see what, what happens there. And then with the two recruits, you know, both of them, you know, for me, Dylan, the, the big question was Arizona. I don't, I don't necessarily – I'm not a big believer in the Pac-12 at all uh, in producing NFL talent. And with Penn State, you know, Caden Sanders has the potential to be a huge riser just from going to Penn State, but – my thing is size right he's a little bit on that Jahan Dotson size and that just puts him a little bit below what I look for as a beginning freshman in terms of like what I'm looking for in draft capital uh, for startups and then Lorenzo styles, Or styles uh, the head coach change uh, Brian Kelly's no longer in Notre Dame. Uh, what does that team look like? what does that offense look like? what does the future of Notre Dame look like um, you know and we'll see what that what what that happens there this year um, but moving on to my list, so my honorable mentions, uh, three names here. Uh, Nathaniel Dell from Houston, uh, Dejon Strimling from Washington State, and then Wesley Grimes from Wake Forest. Uh, so Wesley Grimes is a brand-new recruit. Uh, I think he has the size and speed capability to be a the next great Wake Forest for a wide receiver. Um, you know, I think he's a potential – and the reason he's not really on this list is because I don't – Let's 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 be frank, right? He's playing at Wake Forest. It's very unlikely that he becomes a first-round talent playing at Wake Forest unless he transfers. Um, but I think he has the the ability to, at the very minimum, be a second or third-round draft pick coming out of Wake Forest, and then maybe even potentially, you know, the type of guy that can get uh, to this to a situation where he is a. Um, transfer candidate and he goes like in Alabama, you know, Ohio state, Georgia, whatever, and is able to um, get drafted in the first round from that. Um, and then Deshaun dribbling. He is, he is a true freshman last year and he balled at Washington state. And um, I think he has the capability to continue to play well and, and become a, a very intriguing draft prospect in 2024, maybe 2025. Um And then the last guy here is Nathaniel Dell, right? So Nathaniel Dell, he's a little bit smaller. 5'10", 165 was his listed. Obviously, the big question there is weight. Um, And like with Houston, you know, it's not necessarily the greatest competition, but he has the potential to be a slot receiver. Uh, And, and, you know, that's something that could be interesting to a lot of people, uh, especially if you play PPR. And um, I think he has the potential to be a solid uh, prospect in the NFL obviously we'll check with the measurables when he gets to, when he goes to the combine but he's got great production at college level and um I, I think he has the, the like the ability to jump up into a higher draft slot depending on how he performs at the uh, combine kind of like Sky Moore because Sky Moore like he's like like uh, Nathaniel Dell here was not the small the, the biggest dude ever either so
0: Yeah, I got to start off with uh, Grimes. I love that you're starting to get into my starting to scout the helmet mentality. And uh, Wake Forest, at least on the C2C level, has been a production factory at, at Water Um My question is, hey, you know, when I see these smaller schools, when they're producing, great. I need to see the measurables. Let me see the the weight, the height, the speed. If those match up, okay. I'll, I'll believe. I'll believe in you. Uh, you know, very interesting. And uh, shriveling. I love the Washington State love. I love the Washington State love. Um, Cameron Ward, he's the uh, Incarnate Ward transfer who lit it up there for two years. Uh, super athletic. Big arm. Like one of my favorite sleeper QBs in the country this year. I think that they can do some great things at Washington state. That you know, they have a long history of a great passing game. And Dell, honestly, I'm not that familiar, you know. So, uh, you know, I'm going to take this some homework. I got to do a little more work on him. I'm not that familiar. But, you know, if you're saying this guy is electric, um, you know, if he can get some good testing numbers and just have solid weight, you know, he he could he could push to be a second round pick.
1: Yeah, I mean, right now he's probably he's not even he might not even be in the drafted like radar right now, um, but I think you know you're looking at potential there, and and obviously it depends on testing and it depends on what they do at the at the Cedar uh, Bowl and stuff like that. So,
0: yeah, and when we're talking these lower you know projection players, it's super important what they do to me at least in the combine in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl bloody Super in The senior bowl and in the combine and in their pro days, right? Sometimes they don't you know participate fully in the combine. Um, because in the combine they have the bona fide, legit, verified numbers. This is their size, their weight, their speed, their jump bill, their this, this, and that, right? And that's important because there's a lot of statistical evidence, you know, going back history-wise, that shows if you meet certain metrics you have a better chance to, you know, perform in the NFL. And then for these lower school teams, right, especially Houston and Wake Forest, well, Washington State gets to get thrown in there too because Wake Forest, right, they're about the same level. Um, But these lower school teams, if they go to the Senior Bowl and they perform, all of a sudden we're like, okay. I mean, look at Christian Watson. Christian Watson was lighting up the the, uh, Senior Bowl this year and now it's all about him. And then what? Two weeks later, he goes. To the combine ex- explodes it, and everyone just freaks out. Now I'm out on Christian Watson. You know, I'm not taking Christian Watson. You know, at one seven, at one ten, in you know a super flex draft, right? And that's what happened after the combine. But you know, that's what we got to look out for for these lower school, you know, lower tier school players.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, do you have anything else about you want to cover today? Anything else you want to talk
0: about? No, just, you know, I just kind of want to uh, mimic what you said about your generic prospect. I want to see size and I want to see speed, right? You don't necessarily have to be super productive, but I need to at least show something. You know, if you're in a Georgia offense, you don't need to be super productive if you're George Pickens. But if you're in Ohio State offense, if you're in Alabama offense, you know, if you're in an air raid offense, you better be productive. You know, so, you know, where you're at kind of depends. Um Well, yeah, it was great to talk wide receivers. I love this. Um, Please like, subscribe, follow the channel, follow us on the podcast, on the audio platform, like wherever you're listening to us, please interact with us. Um, We're so happy to have you. And thank you, Robert. This was a great episode. It It was great to keep it going with you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if you uh, are listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, you know, and you want to check us out on the video, uh, you check out our YouTube channel at uh, for or, uh, under Bubblehead Fantasy Football there as well. So, uh, you know, give us a follow, give us a uh, subscribe on YouTube. Uh, and yeah, we appreciate everybody for listening. And um, yeah, uh, thanks for listening, guys.
0: Thank you.